you're always you're always gonna you're never gonna regret optimizing your page and making sure that your that your you know products look good. Um, but there is definitely certain cases on Amazon and certain product pages and brands that you might say, hey, they didn't do it and they're doing well. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance. And today I'm really excited for the show. Uh, we've got David Dayon on from Amazon Expert. So, David, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we've connected for quite a while on like LinkedIn. And then it seems like every conference I go to, you're there. And we always have a great conversation. And so last time when I saw you at Prosper, I was like, man, I got to have him on the podcast. So very excited. For people who don't know you, maybe can you just give a quick background overview and kind of what you do in the Amazon space? Sure, sure. So I'm the founder and CEO of Amazon Experts. We're a full service Amazon agency. So we, we partner up with Amazon sellers and we manage their Amazon business, but we primarily also uh, offer services and our main focus is listing optimizations. So we don't only have one model, we offer the full management on a boutique scale and then we have our services that we offer for listing optimizations, copywriting and SEO, EBC buildouts, storefront buildouts, things like that. And we love Amazon, we love making products look great on Amazon and that's what we do every day and we love it. So it's, that's awesome. That's can't, awesome. Can't ask for anything better. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so one of the reasons why I really wanted to have David on the podcast too is, you know, as we've been talking about the ad structure and how we're building up our funnels and DSP and all the new sponsored features and everything, like one of the key precursors that you always have to have is a great product and a great product detail page or a great product listing. And so I, I think a lot of people going into, especially when they're starting on Amazon, don't realize the impact of not having a fully optimized listing. And they get going on advertising too early. And if somebody clicks, you could have the best advertising strategy in the world. But if it doesn't convert into a sale, your advertising stats are going to look really poor. And so we definitely see this from time to time as we're screening through accounts. And there's many times where we'll say, now, don't even start on advertising yet. You need to talk to somebody like David <laughs> to make sure that you're getting your listing optimized. And so just to frame it up, this is the key reason that we're, we really focus on listing optimization too. We don't personally do it, but when we're looking through the products, this is a key factor for us to get into advertising. So David, today we're going to talk through how do you increase conversion rates? How do you make sure you've got a great product detail page that people love and keep coming back to? So very broad starting topic, but maybe, maybe walk me through, like, as you're taking on somebody new with your agency, like what are the initial key things that you're looking at as you're doing your first screen for a product detail page? Okay. So it's a great question. And I would say that it always starts out the same way. Uh, we know how to optimize products and optimize, you know, make a nice product page, but we're not as knowledgeable on the product as the, the owner, the, the person who sells, the person who manufactures and created the product. So it always starts with a simple collection of information. We need, you know, a, a form filled out with any, any piece of information that we can get from the client with features and, and details. Obviously, if they have it existing on Amazon and it has all the information there, that's fine, but it doesn't stop there. We also need any inspiration that they 
have seen in the past doesn't have to be on a product that is exactly what you know that it, it can't, doesn't have to be identical it could just be anything that they've they liked something was done a certain way a certain theme a certain way to portray something and we always want to know what the client thinks look looks nice there's tons of different options as far as themes and, and ways that we can portray a product sure. but the best way to get an understanding is to just try to find out a little bit about the client's uh, preferences. And then after that, we want to look at Amazon thoroughly and look at the category and look at similar categories. And like I said, just try to pick a, a, a direction that we want to go at, out with the product. I would always say that there's some, some standards, like if you're in the apparel category, you're always going to want to have a size chart. Amazon doesn't really make a great size chart, so I would say that's like a, a, a given. There's no question about that. If you have electronics, you're always going to want to do an infographic. Most of the time, you'll want to do an infographic. But basically, just collecting the, the plan, the strategy. It always starts with a good strategy. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're dealing with. And like I said earlier, it, it, it comes down to being an expert on the product as well as being an expert on the optimization process. It is the con combination of those two things that ends up being a beautiful result every time. We are not happy until the project looks beautiful. I always say, and I can't, I can't, you know, enforce it, but I always say like, if we're going to optimize uh, a handbag, I want to be the nicest handbag uh, that I could find. Sure. You know, we, we want to make sure that we stand out, we look different. So that's definitely the, the common approach to everything. Every project goes in its own direction eventually, but they all start the same way. Sure. So what's your feeling for just, you know, because as we're looking at like listing optimization and we can focus on a single product, but if we expand it out, say you're optimizing multiple listings for an individual brand, like what is your take on branding overall on Amazon? Because I get two different perspectives. So one is building a brand is a huge piece that you need to do because you can get cross sales and repeat purchases and drive people like further to your brand. I get other people who reach out to me and they say, you know, branding doesn't really matter on Amazon. It's just the individual products because it's so brand agnostic where, you know, people just come to try to find the best deals. So where do you fall on that spectrum? Okay. So I'm not going to take either side. I'm going to tell you it depends. Sure. I, I have a, a, you know, a diverse type of, of product that, that I'm pushing and it's either private label or a branded product. So let's just say we're talking about a, a famous brand. There's definitely an argument to be made that if you're already brand recognized, if you have a license that, that people see in, in big boxes, they don't need, um, they don't need the, the images you're gonna portray to, to help them establish that trust. They're still gonna have questions though. So I'm still gonna lean a little bit towards, you're always, you're always gonna, you're never gonna regret optimizing your page and making sure that your, that your you know, products look good. But there is definitely certain cases on Amazon and certain product pages and brands that you might say, hey, they didn't do it and they're doing well. Sure. Uh, and I, I like to say that it's not about the fact that they're, they're doing it and, and they're doing it well without the, the images. I always say, it, look at when they started, because if you started at a certain time, you might already be grandfathered in. But additionally, like, I, 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 I tend to think if they would, if these big brands would optimize their pages, who's to say they wouldn't do better? 
Sure. So I, I kind of lean towards the the you know the the direction of always optimize. I know there's a fair share of people who don't believe in it, who don't think it's necessary. Uh, my favorite is when they tell me, I don't want to distract the, the, the client. And I'm like, distract them with, you know, <laughs> features of the product? Okay, you know, whatever. But, but I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with that conversation and familiar with that argument. You know, I, I, can, I can hear both ways, but I just always think that optimized is better than unoptimized. You know, even if you just do a partial optimization with just a lifestyle image, or just an infographic, or my personal favorite, just a brand image, which so many people don't do. We dedicate one image on every page towards the brand. Sure. You, can, you do that with the EBC, of course. Some people just give more product information if they have it, but enhanced brand content is for the brand. It's to showcase who you are as a brand. So a lot of people don't get to the EBC. A lot of people don't know about it. I, I, even you know, up until this week, I, I introduced someone to what EBC was. Sure. Uh, it's still something that not everyone knows about. And if they don't know about it, they're not looking at it. And if they're not looking at it, then you might put all that great brand information and they won't see it. So I just had the simple thought that let's dedicate six of the images for the product and the seventh, or if you have obviously nine, ten slots, you can you can use more, but typically yep. you have seven, seven image slots and use the seventh image for a brand image. Obviously, if you're doing a, a video, that, that takes away another image. I don't know why that's the case, by the way. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you can dedicate a brand image, and then a lot of people don't realize this, but if you have a great brand image, let's just say you, you, you sell shoes and you have a nice brand image showcasing boots. You can now use that on all of your boot listings. Or let's say you have slippers. You can now use that on all your slipper listings. Or you can take it a, a, a step removed as well and say, let me just showcase a bunch of different shoes, a pile of shoes, and, and, and give a little two sentence about us of when we started and say, we're here to deliver shoes for any occasion at any time. And we're dedicated to making sure that you're walking in comfort. Sure. Uh, something like that resonates well, definitely establishes trust with, with, the, with the shopper, and it, it, you get a lot more bang for your buck when you do one image and it, you can apply it to all your pages. And it, a lot of times it's a great way to show them the light at the end of the tunnel. It's a, way, it's a great way to explain to them, hey, you, know, you don't got to do your whole, your whole catalog right now. Start sure. off with one, start yeah. off with a little bit, see what happens, and when you see that the conversion rates start climbing, you'll probably come back and, and want to do more. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that, that's usually uh, a, a decent approach to take when you're dealing with that type of a, of, a, of a conversation. But I'm familiar with that convo all too well. Yep. And I'll, I'll take a little bit stronger stance than you did. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I think that for the long-term success on Amazon, as things get more and more competitive, I feel like really building up a strong, cohesive brand is going to be essential in the future as we go. There are many cases where I we work with multiple sellers who have awesome individual products. The trouble is, is that when you don't have these brands that you can like say cross sell different products or items like that, it makes it harder over time. And those people who do have those strong brands with those cross sell or upsell opportunities or different pieces like that, I feel like they're going to continue to have a bit of an advantage. And just as it gets more competitive over time, I feel like that could be a key differentiator. So if I'm, you know, as a seller, um, I'm looking at building up that brand. And so, but like you said, either way totally works. I've seen many people who just dominate, just focusing more on individual products and not brand itself too. 
when you're optimizing it, I think having that cohesive brand presence, and we're starting to see this more too, like sponsor brand ads, um, they're converting really well. And they're actually like the, the performance continues to increase. So I think people are go- more and more like going to that brand and looking as Amazon, not just like being product specific. Of course, my individual take there. I, I, I agree with you. And I think that as like, especially for the future, you know, you mentioned that as Amazon becomes more of a social experience, telling you more about the, the, the seller, you know, the follow button, it's it, the, the writings on the wall. Things are moving in that direction. Yeah. And I do believe that the, the differentiator is going to be the, the, the seller who puts that extra oomph into their brand, into mm-hmm. their branding, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that it just looks good and it's a good customer experience. I have a, a new service that, that we're, we're running now, with, we're testing out, where we have storefront maintenance. So we do storefront builds, of course, but I actually, I didn't come up with this, a client of mine, every time I'd visit their store, it would always be updated. And it always had something fresh and a new banner and a new promotion and a new, and it, it made me think of like, you know what? Everyone should do this. That, sure. is, that is the next step. Uh, obviously, some people don't even have the branding, but the next step after having branding is to condition it to the season. You know, when it's holiday season, have your, your products flying through the air with ribbons and, and, and uh, packaging. And, you know, it, it's, it's not a bad idea to take it to the next step and give the customer the experience they're looking for. I think that as, as you know, Amazon becomes more social, you're going to have a lot more sellers being, you know, um, I guess coming back to the to the products they like and the brands they like and and being loyal to the to the brands they like and sure. the way the way to, to reward that loyalty is by giving them what they're looking for and giving them the, the information and the connection they're looking for so i think it's all going in that direction i agree 100% that's awesome. So walk me through, let's go through some best practices. All right. So if I'm looking at my product detail page, let's start, let's start at the top. So title, what's some best practices that you're typically implementing in terms of title? Okay. Follow the rules, do a little bit of research and find out what your category allows you as far as character count. I, I don't have like one specific style. We, we, we have a lot of different copywriters and everybody has their own style. I tend to ask the client what they're looking for. I don't take like a permanent stance on, you know, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. There's a lot of things that are in the gray area. There's a lot of things that like you still see a lot of people have the beginning of their bullets or all caps. I can talk for hours about sure. whether or not to do that. <laughs> you still see people with, with the emojis and the bullets and, and you know, the, the, the rules are very simple. And I always say that if you follow them, it's your best bet. Obviously, sometimes client is used to a certain way and they tell me, well, we didn't get shut down, so we're just going to keep doing it. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to tell them, you know, you have to do it. But we always encourage to, to follow the rules. So that's just like sure. the, the, first, the first step. Again, I'm going to say play to your strengths. Think about your audience. Think about what they're looking for. Try to, to you know, there's, there's the, the, the combination of indexability and, 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 you know, ranking. And then there's relevancy to the product. I always say, and, and I think everyone agrees, you have to, it has to be relevant to the product. You can't just put in high search volume words, keywords to, to, to rank you, because if you don't have a good, good click through, it won't work anyways. You need to make sure that whatever you're going after is extremely relevant to your product. And the more time you spend thinking about different scenarios that you could portray your product in and different ideas, like I'll give you one example. You know, I had a spice rack 
very popular product, very good category, the home category, only blew sure. up during COVID. And, you know, a, a spice rack where you can organize your spices in, in a, on a counter or in a shelf in a, in a cabinet. We did a lot of research and we saw that there was a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, uh, a lot of people searching for mason jars. They, you know, people, a lot of people, I guess, keep their product, their, their food and their stuff in mason jars. And there was like a big search for mason jars uh, w- within that product type. So we ended up dedicating not only one of the bullets to calling that out, but also one of the images. And we just showed that, it, you know, you have a versatile design and, and uh, the product doesn't only work for spices. It can be used for anything. It can be used for makeup. It can be used for an office, you know. So you have to really, really get into the mind of the shopper. And it all starts with strategy again. And then you have to follow the, the, the protocol. You have to listen to what the client wants, the style they look for. Some people want, you know, I think I think it's pretty clear that the the, the Amazon shopper doesn't necessarily need you know, like you can give the information over in the images. A lot of Amazon shoppers don't read the, the you know, the information that, that that's on the, especially mobile shoppers. Sure. So I always say that you have to have consistency. You have to make sure that whatever you put in your title bullets description, somewhat or the main points should be in the images, should be in the EBC to some extent. You, you definitely want to have consistency throughout the whole project. You know, obviously that pays off, that establishes trust with the shopper as well. And it's definitely something that ultimately will, will, will help you when you're talking about a full catalog of product. The more repetition you have, the more uh, similarity in product, the more you can reuse the same ideas and the same, you know, if it works, it works. If a wooden spice rack is, is being searched for from specific keywords, obviously you have the wood aspect to it, but it's still a spice rack and it's still going to be good for a mason jar. And then let's say you have a plastic spice rack. Again, you might have to adjust it a little bit because and, and, it's a different product material but it's the same features and the same functions so that repetition always pays off so you don't have to always change it you can definitely if you see something working continue with it go with it and And one piece uh, that i want to cover too and just emphasize which you hit on is really starting with the customer and where they're coming from. So I love the mason jar example. So, all right, people are searching and we've got our spice rack and they're going to store it in mason jars. Okay, let's put ourselves in their shoes and they're going to come to our product detail page and do we speak to them? And now let's put ourselves in the shoes where, okay, we want a spice rack that's wooden. So I'm going to come back to the product detail page and look again and see if that speaks to me. Are there pieces that are hit? Are there pictures? And does the enhanced brand content and everything else speak to me too? So I love that approach. It's like, let's find all the different types of buyers who are coming into the product detail page. And let's put ourselves in their shoes because as as sellers, we can get so close to the products and everything that if you don't take that step back and that's one benefit I think is bringing in other people too to look at it you can get so close that you just lose that connection on who's actually buying from you so I love that approach and something that I'll definitely advocate for too is like try to find the different subsets of buyers and put yourselves in their shoes and does your product detail page truly speak to them yeah yeah so how about like 
pitchers, best practices there. So I know you talked through like, you know, having a brand image as one of your pitchers, but kind of walk me through how you're looking at pitchers. Like how do you balance like the initial product itself versus like features or benefits or lifestyle images? Like how, how do you look at that? Okay. Good question. I have like a formula. We do change it sometimes, but it's pretty much always followed. Everyone's going to agree. Image one is the most important image. That's your hero image. That's the image that's going to bring the customer in. I always say, again, there's rules that you can't do logos. You can't put words. You can't put anything but a white background. I still find people, you know, going against that. My, my personal favorite, which I don't know why it's not allowed, is when they put the color swatches in the bottom of the main image. Showing you, you have other colors. I still see people up and, and using that. Sure. Uh, it's technically against the, you know, the TOS. And if any client would ever insist on that, I simply just provide them with a white background as well. Because if and when they get shut down, I don't want them to call me and say, I need another image. I'll just, <laughs> right now. I'll just <laughs> give it to them and say, just know you're playing with fire here. Um, but, but again, everyone does what they want ultimately. And image one, I, I always say, stand out, change it up. You can use PicFu to, to, you know, test the audience and see what, what resonates better, but you have to make sure that your image is different. I, I, I'm like allergic to when you have, let's say, that spice rack idea. There's a lot of products, and some of them are made from the same factory, and they look the same exact, sure. and, and for some reason, they're using the same image they got from the factory, and they're expecting themselves to stand out. Sure. Take the product, send it to a photographer, tell them this is the image I have from all my competitors. We want something different. And let them come up with five different examples and then test them out and see what see what works better. You can't just be one of one of the, the you know, another one of them. You sure. have to stand out. And that alone, just with one image, the first image, you can't do much to it. But if you put a little bit of thought into it and just don't just be another one and try to be a little different, I, I, I always have seen success with that. So, yeah, if you're just another one of the other products, then it just comes strictly down to price and reviews, and it's going to be a race to the bottom in terms of margin. So exactly, <laughs> yep, exactly. you got to get yourself to stand out. Yeah. So, um, so like, what what other what other items yeah. do you incorporate in like later on after the initial image? Like after the initial image, we we have we have like a protocol of of what types of images we would put into a, a standard project. So, image one is the main image. You don't do anything to it. You just get a good angle of the product. Image two, um, we're always going to try to add branding of some sort. If it's a border, if it's a watermark or a color, a scheme, uh, whatever it is, if the, if the brand has Pantone colors, we'll follow that. If they don't want us to use their Pantone colors, we'll come up with complementing colors that will work with it. But image two, typically you're going to want to showcase the product in another angle. I love to showcase it in multiple angles. You can do whatever you want with image two. So sometimes we'll make a collage because a lot of people, let's say you have a product that you can show several angles of the product. I don't want to use if all of my slots just to show a different angle. Sure. I'd rather make a collage image and use one image to show what four images could have shown. You, you have the ability to zoom up so you don't have to worry about the customer not being able to see the details of the shoe. But don't use four slots for four images of, of just ang- different angles of the item if, you're, if, you're, if you don't need to. You, you can collage them up. You always want to put words in every image. Sure. That's, that's my number one thing. You have to have words. You have to have something that will sell the product. These images are your salesmen. They're going to help the customer choose whether or not to buy the item. They're going to help the customer 
answer the questions they have when they're looking at the product. Does it fit on my counter? Will it hold what I need? Is it big enough for my cabinet? Whatever the, the, you know, the questions they're, they're, they're asking. And a lot of times they'll go to the reviews and say, oh, well, I thought this was something and it was something else. Go to the reviews. I, I sing and dance when I see something like that. You might not be happy about a bad review or, or let's just say it's a neutral review. The point is though, take that review and implement that into the images. And anytime somebody sees that bad review and then they see your image, they're gonna be like, what do you mean? He just explained it in the image. So they're gonna sure. take your side because they already got the information that the customer's asking and they're gonna think the customer just didn't read. It's his fault. So I, I, I actually look at that as like, all right, let's turn that around. Um, but, but we always wanna do another angle of the product or multiple angles. And then image three and four, we typically do a lifestyle image. It's not, I'm not going to introduce you to the fact that putting a face on a product helps tremendously. People want to, you know, connect and, and when you have a face, they just, okay, that's the brand. That's the, that's the demographic. That's, you know, that's me. That's, that's who my friends are. That's who I want to be friends with. And the demographic piece of it as well is very strong. So we always like to put uh, real life settings uh, and at least one of those lifestyle images, we're going to have a model in it and, and we're not going to just cut it off at the neck. And I would say image five and six, we're going to typically try to call out the product. If applicable, we'll do an infographic, we'll do a dimension image, a size chart, you know, anything that can help explain the product. It, it makes a lot of sense when you're talking about electronics. Electronics have buttons and you need to explain it and, you know, it, it definitely fits for that type of product. But to be honest, any item that has a feature, if you're showcasing a, a jacket and you have a zipper and the zipper is a very good sturdy zipper, you want to call that out. People, sure. people want to know that. If you have pockets, you want to know how many pockets you have. They want to see what the pocket looks like. If you don't have an angle of the, of the back of the pant, for example, you would, you would want to zoom up and maybe just show, um, like you don't have to actually show the back of the pant. You can just put an arrow pointing to the behind the front image and say, this is the pocket that we have on the back. You, you can do anything that will help explain any of the features in those images and sometimes clients want to put those infographic or, or informational images higher up and put the lifestyles down below. I personally like lifestyles earlier on, but I, I wouldn't argue if somebody decides that, that they have a preference otherwise. And then finally, that brings us to image seven, which most of the time we're going to try to put a brand image. Sometimes you don't have the brand information necessary. We'll, we'll probably skip it. We might showcase the other colors or the other sizes or, or other types of products we have available just to try to cross promote a little bit. And that's pretty much the breakdown we'll go for. If you have more image slots to, to use, do another lifestyle, do another infograph if, if, it, you know, if it applies. And of course, when you're, when you're talking about your EBC, you want to keep it consistent, have some of the same information and even images, but you always want to make sure to keep it a little different and put some new in there. Definitely dedicate some of it towards the brand, but you can obviously showcase the product again and showcase it in a different light. And you know, you have two different ways to show something, put one in the images and the other in the EBC. There's no, sure. there's no reason not to. But that's, that's if I had to say the, the protocol, that's my protocol, that's my standard guide. Anybody listening can follow that and should see pretty good results from that. But, you know, like I said earlier, you can also just try one or two of them. You can try doing three images on a listing, one lifestyle, one infographic, one brand image. Yeah. Uh, that should help you uh, as well. It's not just all or nothing. You can, you can partially optimize and still see great results. 
That's awesome. So final question for you. If there's seller listening and just optimizing the whole listing just seems overwhelming right now. If you had to focus on one area that's going to have the biggest benefit, what do you focus on? Images, hands down. Images, images, 100%. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you need to make sure that the SEO is is and the and the copy is up to par. But I find that most people have at least mediocre results with that. It's not as hard as images, and you don't have to be a designer to do that. Also, a lot of people copy other people, and if they did the work. You're just you know ripping on their on their hard work. So I've seen a lot of people who you know just had good a good good listing and good indexability and good ranking, but the specifically with conversion rate, you know, your your if your if your SEO is going to get the traffic, the images are going to make the the conversion go up. And as I'm saying, as you might know, if your increase if your conversion rate starts increasing, Amazon will start funneling you more traffic as well. So it, it kind of does both. Yep. It kind of helps you on both fronts. And and I, I just images are definitely going to be the pick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. So yeah, just in summary, I mean making sure we have really high quality product detail pages and listings, it's going to make your life so much easier, whether it's organic ranking, it's advertising results, it's just profitability where you can charge a little bit more than your competitors. Like all these key pieces center around your product and the listing. So key focus, David, it was awesome having you on for people who want to find out more about you or get in contact, like where should they go? Just email info at amazonexperts.com. Amazon Experts is with no E before the X. Uh, you can also just go to the website and fill out a contact us form. And we're happy to talk and see if we can help you. Yeah. yeah. And tell me more too, because you've got a group that's getting together right after ASGTG coming up. Tell me more about that too. Okay. So that's the Ecom Cooperative. The Ecom Cooperative is a, a community and organization for sellers and providers to connect and grow and learn. We put together webinars and in-person events, and we are having an in-person event on May 12th in New Jersey. It's going to be uh, about 250, 300 people. Uh, It's going to be a great event. There's going to be a a think tank, like round tables, where you're going to get to choose from different topics you can learn about uh, with a bunch of wonderful experts. And it's going to be, there's going to be networking and amazing food and open bar and, uh, just a, a good a good old time. We're actually going to be collaborating with the Prosper Show on this one. So they're going to be running the think tank, the round table for us. And then afterwards, when we're done with that educational part of the event, we're going to have a nice old party. We, we, we've awesome. done a couple of these events so far, and we've, we definitely know how to throw down a party, an Amazon party. And I think we're going to give away some free tickets to somebody listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, so David has offered up a free ticket for anybody who's listening. So feel free to reach out if you're interested. I'll get in contact with David. You can, you can reach out to me, um, joe at at advance.com or message me on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. And then I'll get in contact with David and we've got one free ticket to give away. So David, thank you for that. That's awesome, man. Okay. Awesome. My pleasure. Yeah, so so really appreciate you joining the podcast. Had a ton of great takeaways there. Make sure you're connecting with David. He's got a ton of awesome content, contacts. Like he's just a you're a fun person to talk to. So I really appreciate you. You, you joining the podcast. And for anybody who's listening, as always, really appreciate you listening to the podcast and giving us your time. Um, as always, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for having me.